Hey, good morning to you. Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Central Time, April 23rd, in the year of our Lord, 2022. What does that mean? It means that uh, it's the FBTV video podcast live streamed on YouTube. Hope you're having a good weekend up to now. Hopefully you have a good weekend for the remainder as well. Plan on trying to get out to the lake today. Maybe tomorrow. Never know. I know I know. I went uh, the other day and uh, really had a great time spawning fish, a lot of bass. But I caught six or seven in just a couple of two or three hours. I had a full bag. That doesn't happen in a tournament, <laughs> you know. But anyway, having a good time out on the water, thinking about buying me a new trolling motor. So I may have a trolling motor for sale if any of you are interested. Somebody brought up that I ought to um, do some video when I'm out on the water doing some fishing. An idea. Maybe. Who knows. But uh, definitely try to get out on that water as uh, much as I can. All right. Uh, what is today? Today's April 23rd. It's English Language Day. And in honor of it being English Language Day, the FPTV video podcast live streamed on YouTube today, at this morning, as we do every Saturday morning, will be in the English language. It's German beer day, too. Cherry Cheesecake Day. And this kind of floored me. Record Store Day. You don't see too many of those around anymore, if any. I'm sure there's a few out there, but uh, Record Store. Remember Peaches and uh, Tower Records and all those? Used to, it used to be a blast, man, going into the record store and looking through all the bins, seeing what we could find, what specials you could pick up. Walk out of there with a stack full of records, albums, whatever. 45s, 33s. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> Nothing to download back then. You went to the record store, you bought it, you heard it on the radio. You went to the record store and bought it. And that's always kind of confused me with radio. Even when I was working radio, the... Uh, we had to have ASCAP, BMI, CSAC, whatever, you know, needed to be able to play music on the radio station. But if it wasn't for the radio station, the record companies couldn't sell the record because they'd have no way to let people hear it. So why was the radio station having to play licensing fees on basically a commercial? <laughs> to play a commercial, which was the record. I get it. I, I don't need anybody emailing me. I get it, you know, we, because the radio station was obviously making money from playing the music. But the music was a part of it. It was also the other content, the DJs, the promotions, how the radio station was perceived. You know, though it, it's a full package. But anyway. All right, we talked about this the other day. Wednesday we do our regular podcast. You can, uh, well, this podcast too, matter of fact, after we complete this podcast today, it will be available on our website if you missed the uh, YouTube live stream. It's going to be on our website uh, for a week to our next live stream. Or you can actually uh, hear the audio part of it using your favorite podcasting app. 
If you haven't got us on your pod, podcasting app yet, uh, Freight Broker TV. Subscribe. We're pretty much on every podcasting app out there. I was looking the other day. We're, how many episodes? 200? Close to it? Knock it on the door? I don't know. Don't get me to lying. But uh, it's building. Getting on up there. We have listeners to our podcast all over the country. Matter of fact, last week uh, during Q&A, we had uh, one question that came in from France. It was a uh, France email anyway. France email account. may have been in the United States, but I know we have listeners in France. So hello, France, all over the country as well. It's kind of wild how they do the uh, statistics. We get an idea, but there's no definite number how many subscribers there are. No real way to know how many total listeners you have because, yeah, we get stats on uh, these uh, podcast hosts or apps, but not necessarily on this podcast app. It's it's a lot of work to get into it, you know, figure it out. We get approached occasionally, somebody wanting to do advertising, but so far we do not do advertising. Kind of gets in the way. I know I listen to podcasts at night, or maybe I wake up early in the morning, not ready to get out of bed, and I put my earbud in, hit a podcast, you know, listen to it, whatever. And, and it's really, it, it, you know, listening to a commercial on a podcast is almost as annoying as watching a commercial on TV, at least for me anyway, anymore. <clears throat> so, I don't know. I listened to the Robertsons uh, podcast, uh, uh, several of them actually, several different podcasts I listen to, and just about every one of them has commercials nowadays. Uh, well, it is what it is. People are, I, I guess, you know, I can't, can't complain. Actually, I guess, well, the FBTV podcast obviously is sponsored by Tatoa. Well, sponsored, uh, Tatoa is the presenter of the uh, podcast. Matter of fact, I'm the host, <laughs> obviously. But uh, I'm also the lead consultant at Tatoa, and I do these podcast videos and things of that nature. But anyway, it is what it is. Okay, it's Q&A day. Q&A day. Every Saturday morning, 9 a.m., Q&A day, here on the FBTV podcast as live-streamed on YouTube. 9 a.m. Saturday morning. We do it every Saturday morning. <clears throat> Not much of an audience during the live stream. It'll build. You know, it's one of those things. Not too concerned about it. The main thing is you have the opportunity to hear the information, hear the questions, get the answers, be it watching the live stream, be it uh, watching the replay of the video from our website at FreightBrokerTV.com, uh, be it the podcast, whatever it might be. Q&A day, where we answer your questions. If you've got questions, you can submit them to us. It's pretty easy to do. Just email me, fbtv at freightbrokertv.com. There's forums on our website, freightbrokertv.com. If you got Skype, you can, you can Skype them to us. Uh, just do a search on your Skype for FBTV. should bring us up. You can send us your questions there via IM or... Uh, if you want to call us, you can leave a message on the voice messaging thing. And don't be surprised if you leave a message like that, that you might hear yourself 
on one of these future podcasts. Wednesdays, we do the podcast, and we have a feature, a new feature we just started there. What would you do? Basically, we're taking uh, brokering scenarios that actually happened in the past, presenting them to you, letting you think about what you would do, but also letting you know what we actually did. So, something new. Fuel prices, what I started to tell you about a little bit ago, we talked about it Wednesday, up $5.10 a gallon on average across the country. That's uh, up 2.8 cents per gallon from last week. Gasoline down 2.5 cents, down to 4.06 per gallon. If you ever wondered, EIA, they release these figures every Monday on their website, if you want to look it up. Today's impossible question. Let's get to that before we go any further, before I forget. 55% of Americans still possess one of these. What is it? 55% of Americans still have one of these. What is it? Might surprise you. Might surprise you. All right. Let's see. What's going on in the uh, transportation world? A little bit of transportation news. NHTSA has upgraded its recall lookup website. It seems like every time we do one of these, there's a recall. Big truck recall of some sort. Talked about Western Star. Uh, Wednesday. But anyway, vehicle owners can quickly check if their vehicle is an urgent safety recall by using a newly revamped National Highway, Tra- National Highway Traffic Safety Administration website function. The new recall notification webpage can be found at nhtsa.gov forward slash recalls. NH tsa.gov forward slash recalls. Now, in case you didn't know, an urgent safety recall is when the vehicle should not be driven or parked inside, inside, until it's fixed. Should not be driven or parked inside. If you got a garage, don't park it in there. Not until it gets fixed. A lot of these recalls are... Uh, flammable (laughs) and it always cracks me up you hear me talking about it every time we're talking about a recall now we get notice of the recall but nothing's going to be done about the recall for a month or two well what are you supposed to be do between now and then anyway okay by visiting the site entering your vin number owners can check the recall status a red box will display at the top of the page if the vehicle is an open do not drive or a fire risk recall the vin search tool will show an unrepaired vehicle affected by a vehicle safety recall in the past 15 calendar years vehicle safety recalls for major light auto automakers, motorcycle manufacturers, and some some medium and heavy-duty truck manufacturers. If a vehicle has no unrepaired recalls, the page will display the message zero unrepaired recalls associated with this VIN. The webpage also lists manufacturer notices. Vehicle owners also can download the agency's Safer Car app not sure if I'd do that. Got to be careful of those apps. Lot, you're giving up a lot of your information with those apps. 
Anyway, and then, yeah, old school. When Safer Car detects a safety recall for v, a, uh, for the vehicle entered by you, it will send you an alert, an alert on your mobile device. All recar repairs are free at an authorized dealership, according to the NHTSA. They said that in a recent news release. But anyway, now you know. FMCSA has issued an email phishing scam alert. Phishing with a P, not my kind with an F. (laughs) FMCSA issued a warning about an email scam targeting truckers. The FMCSA has been notified of a phishing scam that you may receive from the FMCSA, quote, assistant of administration, unquote, claiming you need to, quote, complete your most recent up-to-date membership license certificate, unquote. If you receive any suspicious email from the info at fmcsa.dot.gov, or, as I like to call it, (laughs) fmcsa.dot.dot.gov, or any other entity, that you are not expecting or look suspicious, delete it. Delete it. Once the email has been deleted, go into your deleted mail and delete it from your deleted mailbox. That way you won't be tempted to open it. Looking at the email or, or getting the email is usually not the issue. It's when you start clicking on stuff on that email. That's, that's, that's when the problems start. Officials said, note that the only legitimate way to log into the training provider registry is via login.gov. Never enter your email address and password in a third-party website claiming to give you access to the training provider registry. The FMCSA also advises users to check the website URL for HTTPS, not HTTP, HTTPS. Normally, there'll be a little lock, master lock clicking thing to the left of the URL where you may not see HTTPS on your browser's uh, address bar up there where the URL is. But if it's got that little lock to the left of it, that is HTTPS, so you know. That means the website is secure and .gov or .mil, which means that the website is a legitimate government website. Yet, the USPS is .com. They're not government, although they're controlled by the government. Anyway, their website's not anyway. Hey, today's a big day. Down in Wildwood, Florida, the 75 Chrome Shop Truck Show begins today. It's going to go on through the 24th. After this one, May 8th, up in Mannheim, Pennsylvania, Make-A-Wish Mother's Day Convoy going to be happening, then followed by... Uh, East Coast Truckers Chamberlain, that's going to be in Kindley, North Carolina, May 12th through 14th. And then May 27th through 29th, up in Onaway, Michigan. Great Lakes Big Rig Challenge. And that's pretty much what you got to look, look forward to through the end of May. Okay, if you're keeping up at spot rates, you're going to be seeing... If you get into the trades and uh, and such, the contract rates are up, spot rates are down. Okay, let's talk about that for a moment. Contract rate. A contract rate 
is a rate negotiated by a trucking company and their customer to move loads. They sit down at the table, they negotiate it. It's a contracted rate. They will sit down and negotiate the rates for the different lanes. Now, a lane to a trucking company is a tad bit different than a lane for a broker. A lane for a trucking company is low picking up at point A going to point B. Okay, so it's going to be a steady load. Well, it's their customer. The load's always picking up at their loading facility going to their customer's customer at point B. Whereas if you're a broker, the lane is going to be a load for a specific type of equipment picking up around a specific destination or origin to a, and going to around a specific destination. Usually that around is going to be a 100-mile radius, but uh, we're talking about contract rates. Now, A contract rate, like I said, it's negotiated by, between a trucking company and their customer. It's going to go down. They're going to negotiate the lanes that the trucking company wants to haul for that customer. They're going to, have to negotiate fuel surcharge. They will negotiate accessorial pay, such as tarp pay, detention time, extra stops, things of that nature. And generally, a contract is good for a year. Now, spot rate, on the other hand, is an average rate per mile that a broker is paying a truck to move a load from point A to point B for a specific type of equipment. Pretty similar to a contract rate, except it can change all the time. It's daily. There's no period. A spot rate tool or a spot rate is going to fluctuate with what the market is doing that day. So we're seeing a lot of news right now. Talking about contract rates are going up and doing pretty good. Spot rates, not so much. Well, why is that? It's simply because, if you want to get right down to it, and this is what I say over and over again, if you're a trucking company, you've got to have your own customers because it's built into the contract. As fuel prices increase or decrease, the rate fluctuates, goes up and down. They got a line haul rate. The line haul rate is the base transportation charge to move that load from point A to point B. That's contracted for a year, but as there are variables, such as fuel cost, those rates are going to go up. So, with all this yip-yap you're seeing or hearing about possibly about contract rates, they're, they're on the way up, you know, contract rates up in March or whatever it was. I saw, almost read the article, but I don't know. It's 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 sort of real, but not really, because I imagine, to be honest about it, the rates are going up because of fuel cost. It's kicking in the fuel surcharge, whereas a spot rate, well, a spot rate, uh, generally a broker, well, generally, uh, there's no way a broker, very, I have yet to see a broker and I'm sure there are some out there that have contracts with a uh, customer that, you know, they provide their transportation for their loads. And maybe they do negotiate some type of a uh, 
fuel surcharge, but as a rule, the broker is dealing with the customer on a transactional contract basis, meaning each load is going to be a, its own separate contract. The customer knows what they're going to pay to move the load. As a broker, whenever I said, hey, what about fuel surcharge, it never failed. The customer said it's built in, and it generally was. That's why if you're a trucking company working with a broker, it's rare that you will ever hear a broker split the line hole in the fuel surcharge. It's going to be one number, and they're going to always say it's built in because they don't know. And to be honest about it, a broker is a convenience for a trucking company. It, it should be there to help the trucking company relocate their equipment to a destination they need that equipment to be. See what I mean? So that, that is uh, the difference. What's happening, the, the reason you see spot rates going down is simply because the f there's no fuel surcharge. It's whatever the broker, whatever the customer's paying. Whereas in a contract rate, yeah, it's automatically going up because it's built into the contract. See, that makes sense. All right, very good. All right, my name is Mike. I am the lead consultant for Tautoa. Check us out, Tautoa.com. We have training and consulting packages available for freight brokers, trucking companies that are thinking about starting their own freight brokerage. Matter of fact, I think we got a video coming out on that next week so be on the lookout what came first the truck or the broker <laughs> and uh, it uh, if you've been questioning stuff like that be looking for that video uh, the uh, packages we have available they all include in-depth training the option to enter our mentorship program that's where you can be begin your broker operation as a freight broker agent working through Tautoa, under a licensed broker, the licensed broker obviously is Tautoa Logistics, our sister company. That gives you the opportunity to begin your operation, your broker operation, as an agent while we're overseeing everything you do. Making sure you're crossing the T's, dotting the I's. It's basically a consulting period with uh, the uh, opportunity to begin your operation as a broker agent. After your mentorship program, you will have a consulting period. Same consulting you had in the mentorship, just now you're out on your own. Anyway, and we have packages just for freight brokers, just for consulting, consulting only. You're not going to see those on our website. You'll have to call us and talk to us about it. Anyway, check us out, Tautoa.com, T-A-L-T-O-A.com. Or call me if you've got any questions, 479-668-0838. Q&A day. Q&A day. Okay, David writes, as a matter of fact, every Saturday morning, every Saturday, FBTV video podcast, live stream, 9 a.m., YouTube, is Q&A day. Send us your questions. We'll answer them every Saturday morning. Send them to us at fbtv at freightbrokertv.com. You go to our website at freightbrokertv.com. We have uh, contact forms there. 
Or you can even Skype your questions to us. And uh, if you haven't found us on Skype, just look up uh, or do a search for FBTV. You should find us pretty easily. All right. David, he writes in, what is a broker bond? What's it for? What, what, what do I do with a broker bond? Well, a broker bond is required for your authority to be active. Not only that, you, you got to file the paperwork for your authority. Uh, the broker bond is going to be attached to that authority. UCR, BOC3 are the four mandatory things you must have to uh, be legal as a freight broker. Other things are involved as well, such as you probably want insurance, you know, some way to pay the carriers. You definitely want to have your, before you do anything, have your company set up uh, as a corporation, okay? And, and one side note here, if you are already a trucking company and you are thinking about starting a brokerage, don't put the brokerage under your trucking company corporation. Start a new corporation. Talk to your bookkeeper, your tax preparer. Probably start you out with an LLC, but anyway. But the broker bond, what is it? Well, the government requires, FMCSA requires that the broker has a $75,000 property broker surety bond. That bond is intended to protect the trucking company more than anything. If you as a broker fail to pay the trucking company whatever you agreed to pay them on a loan, they can file a claim on your bond, just like insurance. It is insurance. The bonding company will investigate and make a decision on whether to pay the bond or not. Okay, if they don't approve it, it's not going to get paid. Trucking company lost. What I'm getting at, if you agreed to pay a trucking company $2,000 to move a load from point A to point B, and for whatever reason you failed to pay that trucking company, trucking company is going to file a claim on the bond. They're going to present their side of the story. You'll be able to present yours. If you just didn't pay them because you just didn't pay them, the bonds are going to pay them. And you're going to be required to pay that $2,000 back to that bond. Because the bond's got to be at 75. However, if it's a uh, a claim that is not that is not approved by the bonding company, they're going to investigate. Maybe the claim has no valid anything valid about it. Yeah, there's not going to be any uh, money paid. But that's what it's for. So make sure the trucking company gets paid. I hope that helps you out. That, that's the uh, that's the uh, short version of what the bond is for. Mainly, you got to have it to get your authority, and it's there to protect the trucking company in case you don't pay the truck. Eddie wrote us. He said, "Hey, I'm thinking about working bulk, bulk loads. I've heard about them. What are they? What can I expect? I, I you know, that's up to you." With my clients, hey, if you got to work a bulk load because that's all you got, then that's that's what you do. I'm not a big fan of them. I know there are people out there doing them all the time, but the reason I'm not a big fan is because you you have no control over the money. Okay, the way a bulk load works, usually you're going to find it with uh, well, uh, CWTs. In other words, the load is going to be paid on weight. How much did the truck uh, load? So the truck's going to go into the customer. They're going to weigh empty. They're going to get loaded, come back, and weigh loaded. And, you know, they're going to figure out how much the truck actually loaded. And from that, they're going to decide how much the rate's going to be. You see what I mean? So, you know, so you'll hear a CWT. CWT is just short for 100 weight. 
So if you have 480 CWT, that's 48,000 pounds. See what I mean? Now, the reason I don't like them is simply because, yeah, the truck may be able to carry 48,000, but what if the truck, the driver gets back there and says, yeah, I only put 45 on, on me? Well, if, you, if you're trying to do a, if you try to base your rate off of a truck picking up 48,000, maybe you came up with, the, you know, paying the truck $4,000, or you were expecting to be paid 4,000, so you paid the truck 35 or whatever, and the truck loaded less than what you expected. That means you're going to make less, meaning you may not make enough on that load to even be able to pay the truck. So the way you're doing that is basically uh, the way I always broken it, and generally you're not going to get your 10, 15%, whatever you're trying to do. You can try, but generally it's not going to happen. The way the way I always sold it, hey, you know, this load's paying uh, $2.75 per CWT minus seven percent minus eight percent minus whatever percentage you're wanting to take off so that way what you are paying the truck whatever you're paying the truck is determined by how much weight is loaded on that truck no 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 screw-ups anywhere see what i mean i, I don't like bulk loads i like knowing what i'm going to make i don't like it you know because I know when I was a driver, if I had the if I had a choice between hauling forty eight thousand pounds or hauling hauling thirty five thousand, uh, I wanted to haul thirty five thousand. Okay, <laughs> I, mean, I think pretty much every driver's like that. You know, the lighter the load, the better. But on a bulk rate load, you know, as a broker, you got to be careful. You never want to guarantee a rate. It's always based on the weight of the load. And uh, last question, Q and A day, Shirley. She writes, I'm a new broker and having trouble getting carriers to work with me. What can I do? Surely that's a common problem for any broker just starting out. Generally, it's going to take you a year to get on the other side of that problem. Pretty much what you're going to have to do is hopefully, if they say, no, we, you know, hey, we, they, they, the truck was going to haul your load, then they said, no, we can't, you're too new. Generally, somebody in accounting, generally the accounts receivable department made the decision or the credit manager, whoever at the trucking company, asked to speak to the person that made that decision. Okay. Talk to them. One-on-one. -on -one. Hey, we know we're new. We know how important it is. Give us a chance. You know, we'll, we'll, you know as soon as your uh, invoice comes in, we'll put it at the top of the pile. We'll pay you immediately. Do it on a load-by-load -load basis. Give us a chance. We'll prove ourselves. That's one way to do it. If you've, if you've got capital put together, you can also offer the trucking company no fee advances, no fee quick pay. Okay? No fee advances, no fee quick pays. That is kind of like good faith money. When it advances on a load, never advance a trucking company money on a load until they have picked it up and you have verified they pick it up. So if you agree to pay that trucking company $1,000, generally a normal advance is going to be 40%. So if you've agreed to pay that trucking company $1,000 to move a load from point A to point B, after that truck was loaded and you verified it, you could advance that truck $400. A lot of times, a broker is going to charge for an advance, and a lot of times, uh, they're going to charge for an advance or even quick pay, and maybe two, three, four percent on advance, two, three, four percent on quick pay. 
So you're offering no fee advance, no fee quick pay, just to build up that trust that, you know, get that trucking company working with you, building that relationship. A lot of tra trucking companies may send you through a uh, factoring company. Well, the factoring company wouldn't approve you. Well, identify yourself as paying, you know, say you're new to let them know up front you're new. But you will give them a no-fee advance and a no-fee quick pay. Because if, if a trucking company is using a factoring company they're, and, and they plan on invoicing, uh, you know, through that factoring company your load, they're going to have to pay a percentage anyway. See what I mean? So you're offering them 100% of what you've agreed to pay them in the form of an advance, which is going to be good faith money, and a quick pay at no fee. Might just be the trick. All right. Uh, today's impossible question. 55% of Americans still possess one of these. What is it? It's a library card. <laughs> a library card. Okay, that's going to wrap it up for this week's Freight Broker TV Saturday morning Q&A video podcast as live streamed on YouTube. Boy, that's a mouthful. But anyway, if you got questions for next week, remember... Email me, fbtv at freightbrokertv.com. Contact forums on our website, freightbrokertv.com. Skype us, fbtv, simple search. Anyway, go have a great weekend, unless, of course, you've made other plans. We'll talk soon. <music>